Hi, my name is Antonia Dominguez. And I'm Linda Coogan. And you're listening to Wine, the long and the short of it. In proud partnership with Give Wine a Future. How well do you know your wines? From the simple to the complex, from acidity to Symphondel. Welcome to Wine, the long and the short of it. My name is Antonia Dominguez, the long. And my name is Linda Coogan, the short. Between us, we have over 30 years collective experience in wine buying, wine retail and wine education. Every week we discuss a topic, product or trend from the world of wine. Welcome back to season three. We are here again to um, discover and explore Italy today. Um, Antonia, it's very exciting. Have you been to many places in Italy? Do you know, I've been to a couple. I wouldn't say I'm widely travelled in Italy. So um, let me see. I have been to Veneto. I've talked about that in previous episodes um, where I got to Valpolicella, Suave, and I got up to Alto Adige. I have been to, well, I was at a wedding in Lucca in Tuscany, but I didn't really get to any wineries there. And I did go on my honeymoon to Sicily and Sardinia. So again, not, you know, for wine purposes. Well, yes, for wine purposes, <laughs> but not to visit wineries. So, um, you know, food and wine. For me, Italy represents the ultimate in terms of food and wine destination and um when you think about Italians and their culture, I mean, it's 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 very similar to Spain in that in that respect. It's all about sitting around the table, the food and wine pairing, the meal time, the family around the table, and having really long lunches and pairing things up. So that's why Italy has so much appeal to me. Um, but to be honest, and I've been to Rome as well. I I just there's so much of Italy I'd love to see. So mm-hmm. I've only scratched the surface. What about you? Same. Italy is a country for me that I always found quite um, overwhelming, I think, because I mean, I think they have like over a thousand native indigenous grape varieties in Italy alone. And exactly like you said there, I've actually been to Sicily and Sardinia as well Mm. and Rome. So it's like we went on the same path all the way there. (laughs) Um, But no, there's different... um, so many different areas and they all kind of have their own styles, their own food pairings for each yeah. individual grape in different regions. So yeah. we'll talk about all of that. But um, it's the, the grapes are grown all over the whole country. Like it's a long, skinny country, the shape of a boot. But like you just said there as well, like Italians, the culture there, you know, they, they enjoy wine with meals all the time. You know, it's just part of their their everyday life, do you yeah. know? And when you go and you visit there, I mean, I've been watching Stanley Tucci's. Oh, uh, he's great. Yeah, he's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, that's a brilliant, brilliant um, documentary or series to watch because mm. you actually just get kind of intoxicated about wanting to go and travel and visit. Like, actually, Antonia, did you know that one of our listeners emailed, well, you do know I told you this, um, emailed and asked about Heret and would you give recommendations and so you inspired someone so hopefully like Stanley's doing the same thing here with his his series and I really want to go that's why we both agreed that Italy was the country to focus on because it's a bit of a minefield because there's so many places to discover but we will hopefully break it down um, and cover the main major regions there's so many other ones but you know focus on the main stuff that people will definitely want to visit I absolutely agree with that I think of all the countries, it's the one that kind of confuses, you know, 
customers, consumers in terms of there's so many regions, so many grape varieties. So uh, and, you know, in both of us in in our work experience and our Mm -hmm. working lives have come across like lots of doubts when it comes to Italy um, but it's fascinating and it's it's very different from north to south and it's the same yeah. with every when you think of it every Mediterranean country in that respect France is the same Spain is the same as you travel north to south it's very different in its cuisine and in the wines that are produced so because there's so much to cover in Italy we're going to really cover the the most important and probably better known regions mm-hmm. and grape varieties um, we'll start in the north and we'll go down south and we might gloss over the rest. But of course, um, we can absolutely go back if we need to and do a deeper dive into Italy. So I think the best place to kick off is northwest of Italy, Piedmont, the region of Piedmont. Now, that might not mean a whole lot to people, but the best known subregion of Piedmont would be Barolo. Mm-hmm. So Barolo is a region, um, but the grape variety, a lot of people don't realise this, is Nebbiolo. And Nebbiolo is considered the king of grapes. I suppose the reason it's called the king of grapes is because it's really tannic. Mm-hmm. So these wines are usually aged in oak for a long time and they can be um, very, you know, robust in terms of very complex, very big on tannin. Um, so and usually fetching quite a hefty price. Go mm-hmm. on, Linda, you're sticking your hands up there. Yeah, my hands up. Um, they usually have to have a minimum of three years in oak, but mm-hmm. there's new modern styles being made as well to make them more approachable and fresh, yes? That's right. Um, but generally speaking, they usually traditionally need at least five years of ageing before they're approachable at all because of the tannic structure yeah. of the grape. Do you feel like Barolo's kind of dying out a little in Ireland? It's... It, Honestly, uh, or in generally, not just in I don't, like I don't know. I mean, I, I think if you obviously travel to Piedmont and you, you, there's going to be so much more availability of the wine, but usually it's quite pricey here, forty euro plus yeah. for a bottle of it, and you'd want it to have been aged for you. You're, you know, I'm, I'm not sure of many of my friends who would purchase a bottle to lay it down and store it and and, and enjoy it in the future. Yeah, but. Um, but th- that's changing, I think, because there's, you know, there's a new thing with Bar- um, Barolo where there's a modern style, a fresher, juicier. Yeah, I agree made. with that because I, ha- I mean, when you when you taste a Barolo that's been aged a long time in oak, it can be really aggressive on the palate. It's made to kind of pair with food, and if you mm-hmm. don't have that, it can be very tough to take in terms of how tannic it can be, and it's really made to age and to cellar for a while before you open it. But I agree that some of the the newer waves of producers are making a, a, a fresher, more useful style. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just don't think I, I have to say it's it's difficult to justify the price tags that some of the very traditional Barolos. Um, charge, you know, as you said, 40 plus, whereas there's other subregions in Piedmont like Lang, like Barbaresco, but particularly Lang, that can make similar styles, but for a much from better the same, price point. From the same grape. Same Nebbiolo. grape variety. Okay. So I think if you are interested in this style, you go into um, a store, a good, you know, a good store, because I don't think you'll get these wines in any old supermarket. Um I think if you go in um, and you look, rather than going straight to Barolo, look for the word Lang, look for, mm-hmm. you know, some of the other subregions, um, Dalba and so on, mm-hmm. then you might, you'll get more value for money. That's all I'd say about this. Yes, no, that's actually yeah. a really, really good point because, again, we always say, you know, look for lesser known regions, subregions mm-hmm. of places that are not Chateau Neuf de Pop, not um, Sancerre. Look for lesser known regions and yep. you get better value. The so other great variety mm-hmm. to look out for from this region is Barbera. 
barbera. And uh, I suppose that's juicier, more kind of ripe red berry fruits coming through better mm-hmm. acidity very fresh so although there are some oaky styles out there I think Barbera is a really kind of approachable easy drink is but brilliant with food as well because it, the thing about Italian grape varieties red grape varieties in particular from Italy is that they have really high acidity mm-hmm. a lot of them are um, very tannic as well and that is why they pair so brilliantly mm-hmm. with food and obviously we always talk about this you know pair the wine with the you if it grows together goes together pairs with the food from that region so i think that this is a brilliant example um yeah. of, of that barbera so you're talking just you're like your tomato based yeah. sauces and so on your pastas and barbera if it's a pizza brilliant option i made gorgeous pizza sauce on my thermomix by the way oh, stop talking about the thermomix seriously <laughs> I mean, okay, now I know what it's like to hear me talking about head outs. Now I'm going to do this every episode, see how you like it. (laughs) Right, moving on. We're going to skim over. So as you go from Piedmont, you're going through, um, okay, Lombardy, not that well known. Let's go into Alto. What about Gavi? Gavi, yes. Gavi is also, sorry to uh, have overlooked it. Also Piedmont, a more well-known wine, yeah? Yeah, but okay, so Gavi would be, again, confusing for people. Gavi is the region. Mm -hmm. And again, it never says what the grape is. Well, it's Cortese. Cortese, yeah. Cortese. But Gavi is the, you know, I did a wine list recently. Yeah. And I didn't originally put a Gavi on the list. And she said people are looking for, you know, Chablis, Sancerre and Gavis. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, because they know them. They may not know the grapes. Like yeah. if I said to those people buying it, what's the grape in Gavi? Gavi? Yeah. They don't know, but they know they like the style. And what's great about Gavi is that it's very approachable. Like a lot of the white, and I'm saying this quite generically, uh, North Italy has quite, um, what's the right word to use here now? Uh, less aromatic wines mm-hmm. okay more okay neutral. neutral dry easy to go with the lots of flavor onions and garlic and things like that that they'd have yeah right so it's it's easy for people to enjoy those wines mm-hmm. okay i'm with that, you do you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. it makes sense right, it's, they're always quite citrusy cortese is yeah. quite citrusy so it has that freshness to it but, but they've a lovely fresh acidity yeah. lightness mm. to them as well Okay, Absolutely. Okay, so moving on then, I think as we as we stay north, so Trentino Alto Adige, and I just have to mention this region because first of all, I think we're seeing more of the wines from this region, but also they're just fantastic. And it's such a stunning region and it's quite fascinating because it's kind of got this Italy meets Germany vibe going on. I think it goes back to World War Two and so on. And when you are up there, some of the signposts are in German, a lot, and some of the dialect is German, right. and some of the dialect is in in, mm. in Italy, Italian. Sorry, and there's a real merging and fusion of the two cultures, and it's okay. really really fascinating. So um, the wineries are are brilliant. You've got like you know serious altitude, so these wines are always fresh and vibrant and alive and and they are delving into um well they have things like pinot grigio and pinot nero which is their pinot noir um so kind of cool climate grape varieties but they also have gewurztraminer and they have their own kind of indigenous schiava they have lagraine lots of um, muller thurgau so these are grape varieties that people probably don't know but up there they drink them in their bucket load and they're really like it's really fascinating it's a great 
destination if you're into your food and wine honest to god why have you got your hands up speaking about um destinations when you go to a local area yeah i'd 100 percent drink whatever they recommend do you know what i mean like you go with what they're saying yeah you know if you you know it's it's just so nice to actually they might have made it might have been made by a neighbor and just embrace that because you know if you start saying hi can i get a wine from sicily up in northern Italy they'd be like ah, come on try our local stuff Absolutely. It, do you know and, that, yeah, and that's yeah. when when I travelled all around Ireland recently mm-hmm. all around Ireland like three counties <laughs> well you kind of had to go from south to north so we'll give it to I you I did okay so <laughs> but you know you said you know what would you recommend What what's good to eat it and they're like oh try this try this yeah. this is our local and you know I, yeah. I, I, I love that so one winery I have to mention from this region. I think it's the one that I love as well. Go on. Alois Lagider. Yes. Oh my yeah. God. Alois Lagider. So we, we had a fabulous... I wouldn't have pronounced it that way at all. At yeah. All, but anyway. I, I know. Well, like, I could be saying that all wrong. But anyway, that's what I'm sticking with. It's fabulous winery. It's family owned. And um, what I loved about this is it's really... Talking about the sustainability theme, um, of they're biodynamic. But also they they kind of encompass what sustainability is all about, which is that it's kind of holistic and that it, it brings in not just how you're treating the soil, not just how you're making the wine, but, you know, your sort of your ethics towards labor force and your the community at large. And they have like this sort of. God, they have like this workshop for kids who have been troubled and challenged Aww. and they bring them in and they they do, do activities with them. And then I remember being down in the vineyards in the valley floor and there was all sorts of cattle there, uh, all sorts of sort of uh, livestock. But the cattle go up to the mountains in uh, the summertime where the cheesemakers make their cheese. And in the wintertime, they come down and they, they work the land in between all the vines. So like... Just fabulous philosophy. Those wines are in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe they're brought in by McEnway now. They are. And they are, they're so, like this winery experiment, they do fabulously fascinating things. Like their Pinot Grigio is not your typical Pinot Grigio. No. It, you have to look out. I think it's called Porter, Por, Porta, Porter Pinot Grigio, something to that effect. But these wines, you have to taste their fascinating wines they also this particular winery from that region again there's not many wines in Ireland from that region let's be honest but they are a little bit more expensive because of the quality that you get from the region yeah. but that particular winery doesn't have the foil capsule also that's on right the, no, on the, that's right on the bottle top um, that's right and I did a tasting with McHugh's last year and we tasted their I don't know if it's Pinot Noir or Pinot Nero. Not sure what they Pinot call Nero, it. Yeah. Um, but it was by far and away most of the staff's Christmas favourite. And like it was last Christmas. And it's such a hard sell because it's yeah. not a Burgundy Pinot Noir. Yeah. You know, it's not it's New, New Zealand, Zealand Pinot Noir. Yeah. And I bought it and I kept it for myself and I didn't share it with anyone <laughs> at Christmas. But it's a beautiful yeah. style wine, real mm. elegant and absolutely mm. gorgeous. So I completely agree with you yeah. there. I was like, to be honest with you, that region, not as well known as, yeah. you know, the ones we're going to talk about now. Sure. But definitely worth a mention because quality that you get from there. Definitely. We're still up north right. and we've like we're been north, on so, for yeah, a long so time. So moving on from there, yeah. we're going to pop into Veneto. So Veneto is the region where we have the city of Venice. Actually, have you been to Venice? I have not. What? No. No one's oh, yeah. romantic enough to take me there. Niall no, is romantic you. enough. No. Oh. Just stop. Niall, if he you're was listening. taking me to, to Napa Valley yeah. for my 40th. Well, you got to Bordeaux in your 30th, was it? Yeah. Well, Look. It was all downhill from there. 
<laughs> right. For me and, and wine trips or just in general. <laughs> so anyway, Venice is, is, you know, obviously it's it's um, it's it's fabulously romantic and picturesque. It's quite crowded at times. I, I will say, touristy, I will I say but I happened to fly in there and it was the end of January and so it wasn't overcrowded. It was brilliant. Loved that time here. And that was my entry into sort of that region at large, Val Policella, Suave and all of that. So, um, so Veneto is, I suppose, most popularly known for uh, Prosecco. And I think we're going to park Prosecco because we're going to cover that in a whole separate episode about mm-hmm. Sparkling wines. Um, it's most known as well. Well, you get a lot of Pinot Grigio as well in this region. So, you know, on every shelf you'll see Pinot Grigio. Most of it will come from Veneto. And then we have Valpolicella. And that is um, a fascinating region in its own right. And it's kind of a complex one for uh, consumers to understand because um, it's Valpolicella is the sub-region. Um, it, it's not the name of the grape and it, it represents a blend of grapes, which if I say it out loud, people are going to be like totally lost, you know, um, but they are sort of Molinara, Corvinone and, and uh, Corvina. So that's the blend. What have you got your hand up for now? Is it, what did you say? Corvino? Corvinone. Is it not Rondinella? Mol- Rondinella, sorry. Molinera and okay, Corvina. So yeah, I, I just left out Rondinella. And they have another one. What's they the have. one that he said, though, the middle one? Corvinone. I've never heard of that. Yeah. All right. It's a big one. And the other one was the one that we... Ossoletta. Ossoletta only makes up a small percentage, but it's the one that we were talk, drinking, or with tasting Masi. with yeah. Massey, that they have 100% Ossoletta. Ossoletta is seriously tannic grape variety, so it's just added in tiny percentages to the blend to give it a real oomph. So, <laughs> oomph. So anyway, Valpolige... Valpolicella blends can be really confusing to consumers because you have Valpolicella Superiore, you have Valpolicella Ripasso, and then you have obviously the very well-known Amarone. And then if you want to go into sweet territory, you have the Ricciottos. So you have, like, there's a lot of options uh, when it comes to Valpolicella. And, but there's stepping stones into trying the styles from the region, I would say, yeah? Yeah, definitely. And Valpolicella is the region... Right, but there's different styles within it. Yeah. yeah. Generally speaking, what they need to know is, or what a consumer needs to know is, Valpolicella is more medium bodied. It's not got as much alcohol. It's not mm-hmm. as oaky or rich in style. When you go into Repasso, you've got slightly more alcohol. You've got a more texture. It's more it's full, more fuller bodied as such. And the reason for that, and it probably has more of a sweet fruit note to it. Mm-hmm. And the reason is because the wine has been sitting on the skins of dried grapes and we'll explain why for a period of time so that it's extracted kind of all these concentrated sugar element to it that has raised the alcohol and raised that kind of you know sweet sweetness or sense of sweetness and then amarones are another another step again where you're going into 15 to 16 percent alcohol Mm. and they've you know they've been made from you know dried grapes and so on so you're having like a seriously rich and robust style of wine a sit down wine a sit down wine <laughs> you love it with blue cheese on a Christmas day that's all I remember yep yeah, when I'm sitting down you know after dinner it's not stand around and serve to people at the beginning of the day for sure yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I don't know do you want to explain that in another way Linda no no I like I mean to be honest we can we can talk about wine making again and, and yeah. different things but you know no it's it's 
It's, it's for a, Italy, describing the style, you know, pop us questions if you want to know something else and uh, we can we can explore things further. But I suppose for the general talking about Italy yeah. and Veneto region, it is uh, it is uh, well Policella style and there's lots of them. <laughs> yes, explore them. Discover what you like. Yes. Ah. We interviewed Giacomo from uh, Mazzy Wines and basically we, we basically discussed you know the different styles so he's going to talk you through yes. snippets of how the the different styles are made so be sure to tune into next week's episode so you can learn a little bit more if this region is of interest to you which it should totally yeah okay that's well covered <laughs> okay All right. right go on next region right. Antonio where are we going in we're the world we're traveling to... into no sorry we can't leave Veneto yet without going to Suave and Suave is an important a style of wine. It's an important region. So, um, Suave is a grape, no? I'm winking at you. Yeah. You see, people think Suave is. Well, they'd be forgiven for, yeah, for thinking that because would. it's one and the same. It's synonymous with the grape variety. The grape variety is Garganiga. And Garganiga. 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 And um, so Suave is fab. And for me, it's no. It Go is. Go on, mention Pierrepin. No, Go I'm on. not talking about. You, you warned me not to talk about Pierrepin, so I can't. But I had a fabulous time in Suave, <laughs> and <laughs> I had a beautiful lunch in Suave, and they make some fabulous wines. I think in Suave, um, for me, the the, the the grape variety is all. It, it's it's very citrusy, very fresh, but it has a lovely kind of a. Even in its youth, it has this kind of an, a nutty almond note mm-hmm. to it, and that for me in a blind taste is what kind of gives it away. Um, but it's got texture. They're doing great things with it. They kind of age it on leaves for a little bit. So it's 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 got substance. Mm-hmm. So it can stand up to a lot of the food from the region. So Suave, I'm not allowed to say Pierrepin, but they are a brilliant producer. No, no. Oh, ha- uh, ha- you know, hats they're, off, they're doing a brilliant, brilliant job. It's it's always the classic. They're, they're absolutely. just benchmark. They yeah. are, they are. But they're brilliant. There's loads of other brilliant producers. O'Brien's have, a, have one that'll be... Uh, coming on uh, on online soon and and into store soon. It's um, Mucchietto Suave and it's uh, the most brilliant label. You have to check it out. Okay, sorry, I have to mention okay. that. Okay, so moving on, I suppose not as well known for its wines, but certainly for its food is Emilia Romagna. So um, I suppose who she sounds lovely. Emilia Romagna <laughs> is the home of. I mean, this has kind of died out. Lambrusco. Do you remember Lambrusco? And again, I don't. I'm too young. Are you older than me? Oh, no, I'm older than you. Yeah, I? Oh, where are you going? Yeah, okay. So Lambrusco is... Um, okay, we won't go there. That'll be part of the sparkling. But I do want to mention it for its food. Because the kind of capital of Emilia-Romagna is Bologna. Bolognese. Bolognese, the home of spaghetti bolognese. I made a beautiful bolognese in the Thermomix, by the way. Go on. <laughs> please. Chunky bolognese. Please, please. This is how it feels when you talk about sherry all the time. Okay, so Bologna <laughs> is supposed to be cool and it's de- it's on my kind of destination list for like a long weekend. It's a university town, it's supposed to be fabulous and brilliant food. But also in this region you have Modena, which is the home of balsamic vinegar. You have Parma, which is the home of Parma ham, Parmesan cheese. Um, so apparently like this is a, you have we have to go there. Oh my God. Yeah, we have to go there. So, like seriously, that those three things 
Yeah. 100%. We are going to hop across. So now if you can imagine we were starting to come down the leg of Italy and we're hopping across now back to the sort of west side. So Emilia Romagna is on the, on the eastern side. So as you come from Venice Don't worry, down, we'll pop a map. Map, yeah. We're <laughs> on our email list and, and on social media. Yeah. We'll so. hop west, west side to Tuscany. And obviously Tuscany is pretty well known on lots of counts. Um, so... The most famous wine region is Chianti. Chianti, yeah. Chianti. You do, um, your, you do your special bit. From uh, Silence of the Lambs with the fava beans. Yeah. <laughs> so Chianti um, is, a, is the region in Tuscany. The grape variety is Sangiovese. So again, a lot of people would know that Sangiovese is the grape. They just think Chianti, Chianti. And it, it's quite a classic style, you know. Again, high in acidity, high in tannin, has had some oak. So this is, to my mind anyway, a food wine. Well, it has that kind of cherry note and, and that kind of thing. So sour it's kind cherry, of sour, yeah. sour and a bit bitter and stuff. So again, it works really well with the food from the region. Yeah. Big time. Big time. But aren't they also adding different, more international grapes to uh, Chianti. Well, they're not adding them, but we have the Blend. Super Tuscans. Okay. Well, no, some of them do, but 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 the Super Tuscans. We've talked about them in previous episodes. They were a group of of producers or winemakers that Mavericks. said, to, yeah, Mavericks pioneers who said to hell with all these do rules and and do we've talked about also before in which episode linda um if you go back to episode eight and nine of season two we do two full episodes about understanding right. wine labels right so, so all these we regions, talk about all that there. yeah these regions i mentioned they, they you know we're, we're talking about the do's of you know you know um, Bar- Barolo or you know Suave and so on so they're a lib- they are a defined geographical region that have rules and regs and these super Tuscans said we're, are, we're not going to try to conform to the rules of you know Chianti or whatever wherever else in Tuscany we are going to break out we want to be able to use whatever grape varieties we want make the wine in whichever fashion we want because under DO rules you have to use certain grape varieties and so on and they went on to be known as the Super Tuscans and they went on to produce some of the most some of the finest most iconic wines in the world and I suppose one of the biggest examples of that would be Sasakaya Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone's heard. And Tignello is another mm-hmm. one. And these are wines that are probably blends of, you know, Cabernet Sauvignon and there's Merlot and there's a, maybe some Sangiovese in it. Um, sometimes Syrah. Sometimes Syrah. Stunning wines. Set huge, you back a pretty penny. Yeah, <laughs> premium, premium stuff. And that's, yeah, they're the Super Tuscans. Is that what you were talking about? Yep. Yeah. So we have... Super Tuscans. So we have Chianti. We have Super Tuscans. We have some other premium regions. For example, Brunello di Montalcino, again, usually 100% Sangiovese, um, a lot of time in oak, but they tend to be um, fuller bodied and more velvety and richer in style and be a little bit more premium, would you say, Linda? Like definitely more premium. More expensive. I mean, definitely. Like you're not going to pick these wines up in supermarkets. You need to go in, you need to become a fan of this region. You need to kind of step and stone your way up to try these styles and that. And then when you do, you probably fall in love. And if you travel <laughs> to the region, you you may try them for a different price point <laughs> and fall in love. Yeah. And, you know, 
Yeah. They're, they're, they're stunning. Like, they're, yeah. they're absolutely stunning. Like, I mean, they're, to be honest, they're not the style of wines that I would drink myself at home. I love these wines, but I have to be honest with you, like a Brunello, I would be, you know, I'd be reluctant to spend. That's what I'm saying. You know, like seriously. That's what I'm saying. But some of them, I mean, for special occasions and so on. As a gift, as a gift that is lesser known. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Brilliant wines. And we also have a a really well-known sweet wine from this area called Vinsanto. But again, we'll cover that another time. But coming up to Christmas, I think Vinsanto is is just brilliant. (sighs) A brilliant option over the port, you know, the typical ports, not over not port, but <laughs> not no, definitely not not over no, sherry. Vin- Linda Vincento is amazing, but Vincento is yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Okay, so we have to look. I'm just going to go back, hop back over to the east coast to um, the region of Abruzzo, and the only reason I'm going to mention it is for a very well-known wine called Montepulciano. Montepulciano is the grape. Montepulciano is the grape. The Abruzzo of Abruzzo. Abruzzo. I want to just mention this because a lot of wines in Italy are the grape of the region. And they say it, Montepulciano, de Abruzzo. So you'll see that in the label. Like we said earlier on, Barbera de Alba, Barbera de Asti. They're how, why I always found Italian wines quite confusing Mm -hmm. because some were based on the region, Chianti, Piedmont or whatever, but then others were the grape of the place. Yep, so that's right. So I just hope, yeah, it, it, take time. Like it takes a while to yeah. learn all this. You Absolutely. Know? So Montepulciano is, um, I mean, how would you describe it? It's, ah. it's quite, it, it's it's a lovely wine because it, it hits lots, it ticks lots of boxes. It mm-hmm. has like sort of that dark fruit profile and it has a kind of hint of chocolate to it. It's quite, but it's not smooth, sweet, but lovely, it's smooth. Soft hand. Yeah, soft, it's soft, hand. yeah. No, it's so great. So I, I've literally just put one on the wine list in the restaurant that I was working, uh, Townyard, gorgeous little one. Actually, I got you to taste it with me. Do you remember that? I do. Yeah, it's I fantastic. came up to you with three and we picked the wine that was going on the list and it's absolutely, and it had a touch of barrel aging only like four months or something. Yeah. But it was it's lovely. Gorgeous and soft and smooth and velvety. Lovely. So yeah, Montreal would be one of my safe yeah. go-to wines and if you, you know don't what? know. I think um, under underestimated, I think, yeah. by consumers as yeah. in, we would sell a, a good few Montepulcianos and um, we'd always have one on a special offer. And yeah, they sell well, but I, I'm surprised that yeah, I think they could sell. I think, uh, again, this is the problem with Italy. People don't know the grape. It's not a Merlot. It's not a Cabernet. It's not. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, That's yeah. the thing. It could be. We're going to go straight down the, the eastern coast to Puglia. Which is a region that I think people are starting to recognise. No, you don't think so? No, I think I'm, I'm shaking my head going, absolutely, I'm shaking oh, my head. But okay. then, yes. All right. Okay, good. Because I, I see it popping up all the time. I think it's a great region for value for money. A hundred percent. We have Sangiovese, but we also have a lot of Primitivo, which people, a lot of people don't realise is the same grape variety as... Zinfandel. Zinfandel if they from California. To, you know, mm-hmm. series one, uh, season one that they would know in the quiz. That was one of the questions. That is true. Yeah. So, I mean, as the story goes, uh, a lot of people who emigrated from this part of Italy to California brought with them the Primitivo grape, planted it there and it became Zinfandel, um, as as we know it. And not Zinfandel, like white blush Zinfandel, rosé, sweet rosé, mm-hmm. but like there's some brilliant rich red Zinfandels from California, which is a whole other story. But anyway, we also have from here Negro Amaro, which is another great variety we're seeing a lot of. So I know you're, you're smiling from ear to ear. I think you have a recommendation from this region. I do. I love it. Yes. OK, good. 
I don't think there's loads to say about it other than that. You know, look out for it. Great value for money. Good for red wines. It's really all about red wines in this region. Um, yeah, and I, I think you can you can get styles in supermarkets. Yes. Um, but also, if you trade up and go to independent wine stores, you get more complex versions of the s- same grapes. Okay. So um, what you get for that is, you know, it might have a touch of oak and it may linger long on the palate. So, I mean, stepping stone your way up if you're new to the region, if you're new to the grapes, Primitivo and Negro Maro, mm-hmm. stepping stone your way up is the way to do it. Okay. So now I just want to hop over, back over to the, now we're really near the, like, what do you call it? The the bottom of the boot. <laughs> so we're going to hop over. <laughs> the bit that gets worn out west on the nights out. Yeah, 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 yeah. West side, west side. To, and this is definitely not a region that's going to be on anybody's radar, but it's called Campania and it's just south of Naples. So people know Naples, obviously. And the reason I want to mention it is because there are like so many fabulous grape varieties coming out of this region and they are starting to pop up here and in many markets. So uh, an example for white grapes would be Fiano, Falangina. And for reds, you would have sort of Aglianico, which... um, And here's where we were talking about at the beginning of this, that there are a thousand grapes from Italy. Most of them are indigenous and native to there. So there's three grapes that you don't see well, sorry, that's a lie. But you generally don't see in many other places. Like Fiano, I know, is popping up in Australia now. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But Fiano is a and fabulous... And mm. Is it, yeah? For red, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, okay. mm. Well, so Alana, Fiano is a white, Aglianico is a red. Can I just mention something as to why? Stop banging at me. Sorry. I get very, you know me, I get very passionate. I know so, that. <laughs> the reason why in the likes of not just Australia, but also sort of South Africa, mm. they're starting to plant a lot of Mediterranean grape varieties. For what reason? Climate change. Climate change. Climate change. They are suffering um, from such drought conditions that they need drought hardy grape varieties. Okay. So they're coming to the likes of Italy and Spain. They're planting Monastrel. They're planting things like Aglianico. They're planting, you know, the Primitivo. They're planting, you know, all sorts of uh, red grape varieties so that they can yeah that they survive can, yeah, that survive, they can have to crops be that will last yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. so I know anyway that sorry sound, for interrupting no, no, but no, I had no, to mention that no and like again this is where we have an episode coming up about innovation and tradition or tradition and innovation and you know this is what people are having to do in different regions all around the world to yeah. survive yeah. So, yeah. Um, Fiano Fiano fabulous, fabulous grape, grape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we didn't even plan that no it is a fantastic <laughs> yeah, grape, yeah. as as is Falangina, but you don't see as much Falangina. No, Fiano is and really again, the, the wine list that I did, I put one on and it was the chef's favourite wine and not all the, many people on. In, was he Italian? No, he was from Colombia. Oh, right. Well, yes. There you go. And he thought it was amazing with the spices and food that they were producing there. Yeah. And he thought, yeah, this is going to be a winner. Mm. And it didn't really sell that well because... It's unknown. Yeah. So we've added into the menu decanter wine awards yeah. and, and added that part We in. need to do our bit to try and put these wines under the spotlight because um, they're fantastic. They have, again, we're talking about value for money in a time where all the classic regions are, are so pricey. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't talk to me about Chablis, Sancerre, and yet the demand is still very strong yeah. for those wines despite the price. I think people are afraid of trying new things. They are, Antonio, they are, you know, they are. But Italy is, is... It's brilliant for value for money and especially when you go down south. Fiano is... But for me, these and Greco di Tufo would be another example. Yeah, that's expensive. Like, it, okay, it is. But, but still, relatively speaking, they're offering... 
a lot more value for money yeah. than other regions. Yeah, yeah. And and like that, it's not just your bog st- standard, approachable, easy drinking white. They've got, it's got texture, it's got a little bit of complexity and they're brilliant food wines. So, so it's not for your popcorn, it's for a no. nice, you know, pleasurable well, experience. Well, if you want it to be. Do you know, that's the brilliant thing about these wines. They're versatile. And the, the Fiano, O'Brien's has one, Terradora Fiano. Sorry, I know I'm going to mention O'Brien's. I have to because I really stand behind these wines and I, you know, they're selected by a master wine so you know so um, Campania I have to mention it for that reason look out for Fiano look out for well you won't see Falangin as much but look out for Fiano I think it's fair to say Linda no but definitely definitely great so we'll go on down we'll go on to Goose Round Basilicat and Calabria which are fabulous in their own right but not seen in the export market so we're going to go straight down to Sicily which is extremely important Sicily you've been where did you go don't ask me that I don't know I went no I don't know where I went how do you not know because I was on a you know what does that mean you don't know where you went I don't know where I went I I dated a guy at the time (laughs) and he brought me away and you had amnesia we (laughs) anyway Sicily have you been (laughs) Um, I have, but I was much younger, so I didn't really get into any wine visits. Around OK, fair enough. OK, well, I went as part of my honeymoon. Mm. And again, I wasn't visiting um, wine wineries at the time. It was just a pleasurable experience. Relax. Different but I, I have to say, um, we flew into Palermo and um, fabulous, like full of life and soul and kind of also um, ruined a bit and a bit um, I don't know I had so much character but it wasn't it wasn't like a polished oh you know it, it, I remember walking around we had our little suitcases and we were we were wrecked after a week of of our wedding party in the south of Spain in a winery and so in on Jerez, and, was it? in Jerez <laughs> And we 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 arrived and we thought, oh, geez, we're in for a lovely like. And we arrived, I'll never, I'll never forget, off the and we got the taxi. We were dumped out somewhere, and it was all sort of broken pavements and rundown buildings and lots of shouting and roaring on the streets, and it was all a bit chaotic. And I loved that about it. It was full of soul, fabulous food, and um, a fantastic place. But we also we we spent some time there. And we got the train over to Catania, which is on the east coast. And Catania and sort of along the east coast is where you get a lot of the wines made because you're near to Etna, Mount Etna, which I passed also. Um, And you have all the volcanic soils. So here you have really interesting wines. They're terroir wines with, you know, lots of complexity and minerality and things like that. And I (gasps) think... The word minerality, Antonia. that's That's for another day's discussion. But... The fact of the matter, I, in Etna, you taste minerals. Yeah, I don't care what anyone you says. You do, and they're really I don't interesting. Give uh, monkeys. Yeah, they're about stony debates. Yeah, yeah. they're stony, and and I suppose I don't know. People might be thrown off by that term, but it's not. Uh, it's not something to be sort of you know um, scared off by. I think try one. We're, yeah, try yeah. one. Yeah. Like a white wine, a grape variety that I love from this region is Catarato. And it's so like it's so undervalued, and it's it's talk about uh, value for money. But, yeah, but I know, but you don't find too many of them here. But again, years and years ago, I'm talking about ten years ago. We brought Sweeney's when I worked there in retail. We brought in a Catarato, and I thought it was the most expressive, 
interesting, exciting one that I've ever had. You're after bringing me back based on what you said, because I blocked that holiday off because it was a long time ago. But oh, my goodness. What I remember about Sicily is the food non-stop food all the different courses like non-stop and people shouting at each other on the streets the style of people it's such a place to visit yeah and like oh the food the wine and I didn't know a whole lot about wine no I knew nothing about wine then I was 20 and you know I was just learning and I just knew that this worked with this and it was amazing Mm -hmm. but I didn't really understand why I did the Godfather tour Okay. Yeah, we did that. that. Yeah, mm. we did that. We did the the walking tour and all. And it was visiting the place that were in the movie and everything in Sicily. Fabulous. It was amazing. I think it's fabulous. Amazing. I want to go back. Lynn has told me that Syracuse. Oh, Lynn. Which is south Lynn of, Coyle, master of wine. You yes. mean? <laughs> she showed me that south of Catania, Syracuse is is fabulous. It, again, this is all wine country. Um, so I want to go back and obviously, uh, yeah, Mount Etna, all yeah. that is it, it, it's worth going to see. There's a town, then a city, a t- town, I should say past Mount Etna north of Catania which is Taormina they have a film festival there it's a bit more glitzy it's a bit more glam um, loads to see in, in Sicily Catarato uh, Grillo another really good grape variety white G-R-I-L-L-O that's right and then you know on the red side we have Nero Davila again so ah. uh, it's another and I have to mention Nerello Mascalesi and I know that's a bit of a mouthful but it's starting to pop up as well Um we have we have one from Sicily in O'Brien's. It's it's kind of like your Pinot Noir style, but fruitier. It's lighter bodied. People are into lighter bodied now in a in a way, um, and a lower alcohol. But it's it's fruit forward. But it's just a really easy drinking style. And again, this is all about great value for money. Mm-hmm. So, but Sicily is a must as a as a destination. I think it's fabulous. We've both been. We remember different things about it, and I think you go again. Remember anything? Don't worry, Tommy. Right? Is there a final? Yes, we have one last place to go to, and that's Sardinia. Mm-hmm. And we again, you said you were there. I've been there. Part of my it was my part two of my honeymoon, and um, it's much more for me. I don't know about you. For me, it's much more sort of polished version. It's very pristine. The, beaches are gorgeous everything is you know well kept and mm-hmm. and I flew into Alguero which is a lovely town a great place for a weekend you or see, a four night or five night or it's fantastic because it has I'd the old town I'd actually love to beach. go away with you right because I literally when I'm going somewhere I'm like here's my passport here's my documents bring me somewhere and just I'll be happy when I'm there right you know what airport you're flying to and all the details like I'm like yeah, I'll follow you wherever you want to go. Just give me a good time. Like, honestly, ah. it's so funny. No, I honestly Bless don't you. know where Bless I am. Like, honestly, Niall drove, you know, all the way south to north. And I was From like, s- in Sardinia? No, in, 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 Dol- in Ireland. Like, and I didn't know where we were going. I was just <laughs> like, yeah, really don't like, have, no, like, <laughs> but just, you know, I don't care where I'm going. We were just in give Sardinia. me a good time. No, you're back in Ireland. Give me a good time and I'm happy. And again, you're quite, you know, you know where you're going and everything. I can't remember where I was 20 years ago, but I know it was amazing. I've also, just before you Wait, finish I'm up on Sardinia, go, go on, go on, go on, yeah, no, go no. On. Go on, finish Sardinia and then I'll, I'll tell you. Is this relating to Sardinia? Or it's do you related want to, say? to Italy. Okay, no, wait. Sardinia. What I want to say about Sardinia is two grape varieties worth mentioning. Vermentino. Vermentino. And uh, Cananeau, which is also known as Grenache. Grenache. Everybody knows Grenache. Nobody no, knows Cananeau. Not necessarily. 
They don't. Okay, well, we're going to agree they to should. disagree on that one. They should know Grenache. Grenache, fabulous. And in Sardinia, it's called Cananao. And um, these wines are stunning. These two grape varieties, I think, are capable of stunning things. And check them out. They're everywhere. You can get Fermentino and Cananao every, in every independent for sure. And probably Vermentino, you can get in a lot of multiples. It's very easy drinking. Um, so yeah, if you're if you don't want to get too complex, Vermentino's great, and so is kind of now. They're fruity, you know. They're they're really clean examples of you know approachable, fruit forward, fresh wines. You can't go wrong with them. The last little bit I want to say is I've already done a piece on wine labels for Italy, Spain, and France. Um, so it, we'll tag that uh, link in this episode as well and give you some hints to choosing wine labels that will help you to determine the difference between a Reserva and anything that may say different phrases on the label. So hopefully well, did that we not do that last season? Yeah, I know, but I'm going to add it on to this one as well to help people. OK, so you're just it's resend- the same thing. Yeah, you're yeah, resending. Yeah. Don't pretend you're doing extra work. <laughs> to end the episode, Linda, you have to give me one of your food and wine pairings of the week. So, or anything you've had recently. Like thanks. it doesn't have to be this week is all I'm saying. Okay, thanks. Uh, so I basically had a pizza, uh, made, homemade pizza with the dough and the pasta sauce made by hand in the Thermomix. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> And I just did uh, prosciutto, rocket and parmesan cheese. Right. And really, really, really simple. That's all I wanted. And it was so delicious. And do you know what I had with it? What? Montepulciano de Abruzzo. Ah, Yeah, it's a good pairing, isn't it? Just simple with the, you know, the bitter cherry, the balance with the acidity and the tomato sauce and everything and the saltiness of the prosciutto. And the parmesan, it was just heaven on there. Lovely. And then the, the rocket added that vegetal kind of green note to it as well. It was just absolutely happy. Lovely. Happy days. Beautiful. You? Well, for me, you know, now, if you can stick to it, it's something Italian, not, you know. Well, I'm going to do two. Sorry. Okay. So the first one, I was just thinking when we were talking about Suave and I was there and it was in between winery visits and we walked into the little town of Suave. And it's it's lovely. It's really quaint. And we just picked a random place, myself and another MW student, sat down, picked a pasta, this, the pasta of the day. And it was um, it was a spaghetti vongole, you know, with the clams. And it had like, you know, the fresh lemon and a bit of garlic and a glass of suave. And like, it's really easy one to make. Why are you, no, why I'm are going, you scrunching? No, I'm going, oh, yeah. That's oh, I thought you were turning your nose. My body language is like, you're not reading it, it very well. No, it's well, like, you're not. Yeah, OK. Yeah. So, Do you want me to make so, noises? So, no. So, pasta vongole and a glass of suave. Oh, yeah. and like, like, lots of that lemon going on. Um, and then I have to mention this because, you know, it relates to, you know, oh. my holidays, which I just had in Jerez. And uh, I actually brought brought back a bottle of this particular sherry to, um, I'm sorry, I didn't have room in the suitcase for you <laughs> to bring back more, but it was a Palo yeah, yeah. Cortado sherry. Which, for people who don't know, is somewhere between 
um, I suppose somewhere between an Amontillado and an Oloroso. So it's a dry sherry, but it's got like lots of power and nutty complexity. And it's 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 fabulous long length. This particular one had great length. And you have that. It's got, um, you know, the, the umami, umami foods we talked about that are really difficult to pair with. So like your mm-hmm. things like your mushroom, asparagus, um, you know, your sushi. They are the tricky ones. Artichoke is artichoke. Artichoke, yeah. yeah. So the palo cortado is brilliant for umami. So palo cortado, I had it with a a, like a tuna tartare, which had like capers in it and finely chopped shallots, and it was just unbelievable. I'll hook us up. (gasps) It sounds divine. It was. It was. So those are my two recent. Well, not the first one was not so recent, but the 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 second one was. So I had to mention it. Yeah. All right, folks, I hope you enjoyed a trip around Italy. Tune in for our interview next uh, in the next episode with Giacomo Boscaini. He is the export manager and he's one of the family owners for Massey Wineries. And actually, we had a lot of fun interviewing Giacomo. He's a brilliant character. So, um, yeah, delighted to be back for season three and uh, talk soon, folks. Cheers. Thanks a million. So what do you think? We do these podcasts because we want you, our listeners, to know what's going on in the world of wine and be informed when it comes to your wine buying decisions. We always love hearing from you. So let us know your thoughts on Instagram and Twitter. Sign up for our newsletter. And if you haven't subscribed to Wine, the long and the short of it yet, make sure you do that wherever you get your podcasts. Or reach out to us by email at ourwinepodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Antonia Dominguez. And I'm Linda Coogan. Cheers. Cheers. You have been listening to Wine, the long and the short of it with me, Antonia Dominguez. And me, Linda Coogan, in proud partnership with Give Wine a Future.